0: Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Last week we began a series on The Church, that's capital C Church, not your denomination or your background or anything else, because the reality is that there can be a huge difference between the church that we've known and seen and the church that Jesus says He's building. This morning, well, some of you will remember a TV show that began like this. Exciting and new. Come aboard. We're expecting you. Anybody here remember that one? Anyone old enough? Yeah, (laughs) too many of you, really. Uh, Because all the young guys around about, they're going, What's that? We go, Yeah. But maybe you or some of your friends have been on a cruise. There's somebody here in the front row who actually has been on that boat and told me, oh, sorry, Pastor Bruce, I didn't mean to mention your name. Uh, Told me that when that boat comes into port, instead of the usual barp, barp thing they do on the klaxon horn, rather it plays that thing tune as it comes in there. And I I was hoping the credits would keep rolling in case Pastor Bruce Grant uh, happened to get a guest spot there. But I know lots of us in this church, people have been on cruises and we love them, don't we? I mean, first one, I've only ever been on one, but I know I dreaded it. Rhonda said, you're going to love it. I said, what, cooped up on a boat with uh, hundreds of other people. I said, no, I'm not going to love it at all. Turned out it was one of the best holidays I've ever had. It was absolutely brilliant. It's relaxing. It's entertaining. It's entertaining. It's being treated as special. It's never boring. And it's all about creating great memories, wonderful experiences, all this kind of stuff where you just go, what would I like to do today? How beautiful is all of that? And it's very easy to fall in love with the church as a love boat, the church as a cruise ship, where there's someone in charge of the entertainment, called the Holy Spirit, who goes around just doing cute things and nice things and helpful things. And, and there's a buffet for you at every meal. It's lovely, isn't it? But what if what God has in mind is not a cruise ship, but rather one of these? a funny feeling that most of us here want the first one. We want the cruise ship. God goes, I'm looking for a battleship. One of the verses that changed my life, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 10 says this. I can only quote it in the King James. It says, To the intent that now under the principalities in heavenly places might be made known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. In other words, God says this, that there are principalities and powers. That's not good ones, that's evil ones. It says that there is some kind of a, a system of evil that's working against the people of earth. And the Bible says that one of the jobs of the church is not to be on the cruise ship enjoying ourselves, having a lovely time, but that we are called to be on a battleship Because God's got a battle for us to win. There's something that He wants us to do. Cruise ship or battleship. Here's the differences between the two. Firstly, a cruise ship is about getting away, isn't it? It's about getting away from the everyday. It's about getting away from the familiar. It's about getting away from pressure. And that's one of the things they sell to you. Come away with us and shut out everything of your normal life. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to bother about all the emails piling up. Well, some people do. They take them with them. But, uh, you know, you get away from all that stuff. But a battleship is not about getting away from. It's actually about going to somewhere. It's about going towards victory. It's got a purpose about it. Church is not meant to be a place where you get away from reality. Church is not where we escape. Someone said to me once, uh, many, many years ago when I first became a Christian, they said, you Christians, it's all just a crutch. And I said, well, actually, that wouldn't be a bad idea because so many of us are broken. (laughs) Lots of us need one. I said, but I don't believe it's about a crutch. I believe it's about putting you in a position where God equips you and trains you to go into your reality. We don't leave our reality behind, then go out of church, back into the real world. This is the real world. So uh, a cruise ship's about getting away. Battleship's about going too. Secondly, when a cruise ship returns... It takes about three days and then everything returns to normal. Do I get a witness? Yeah. How many of you have ever been on a holiday like that where you come back and you feel so chilled and just feel so... Mm. And, you know, like when I come back from Cambodia, when I I drive slow for about three days. I'm in, I'm in Perth traffic just going. Because up in Cambodia, you let everybody in. You know, traffic, th- th- no one worries about all of the, the rules. Because they don't have rules, they have suggestions. <laughs> I asked a Cambodian person, a Khmer person once, I said, what's the red light mean? They said, what would you like it to mean? <laughs> and so I know I come back from Cambodia, I'm letting people in. I'm, I'm not making this up, I, I, I come back, yeah. And I'm kind of going really slow and whatever and just enjoying it. That lasts about three days. And three days later, I'm there going, what is the matter with you? Get out of my road. Haven't you ever done that? I go away on a holiday. Maybe I'm the only one here. I go away on a holiday and I come back and I say, I'm going to be different. I am going to be so much better. I'm not going to get as busy. I'm not going to say yes to everything. I'm just (laughs) going. Some people are really enjoying this. And trust me, about a week or so later, I'm just back in the same groove I was in. When a cruise ship returns, everything is still the way you left it. The trouble with getting away from it all is that when you come back, all is waiting for you. When a battleship returns, everything's different. When a battleship returns, battles have been won and enemies have been defeated. And so when you come back, if you're on a battleship, you come back and you go, I've conquered that. I've overcome that. One of the great things about the Christian life is that God is not into all or nothing. It's not now or never. He wants to build your life. Proverbs 9.1 says, Wisdom builds the house. And so it's not about today and it's all got to be now or never. Some of you here that have been over the last year or two, for whatever reason, walking through very deep valleys in your life, difficult times, and the temptation is to pray and to go, God, why don't you just get rid of that? Why don't you just take that out? But Proverbs, uh, sorry, Psalm 23 verse 4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. In other words, God says, I'm going to grow you as you go. I'm going to make something different out of your life. Listen to me this morning. Because some of you here maybe have even been tempted to give up on your faith or on your believing for a certain thing because it doesn't look like it's getting any better. Can I encourage you in the middle of whatever you're in, say, God, whatever I'm in, I'm going to grow. Uh, I can't change that, but I can change me. God, I can't fix that circumstance. I can't alter that. But God, I can double down on You. I can start believing, Lord. I can start praying. I can start seeking You. I can start making progress. I can start taking another step, God, because I want to be a battleship, not a cruise ship. I'm not trying to come into the love boat harbour of the Holy Spirit and have a little vacation with God and the angels dancing around my head and and garlanding me with flowers and all the rest of that stuff. God, I want to be a battleship. When I leave, Lord, when I come back to port, I want to know that something happened. I want to know that I did something. I want to know that I grew and became a stronger and a better person than the one who left in Jesus' name. Amen. So a cruise ship's about getting away and, and then the uh, trouble is, as I say, you come back. Here's the third thing. On a cruise ship, you choose your pleasure. You choose the activities you like. On the cruise, Rhonda and I went on every day. The, I don't even know what they were called, but it was someone in charge. They'd stand up and say, this is what's available today. And you get. there were two of the things that Rhonda and I went on that I remember saying to her, this is as boring as boring. Let's leave. So we did. We just went to whoever was in charge of the group that day and said, listen, we'll make our own way back. Nobody said, how dare you? You've signed up to the cruise. You've got to go where we send you. They didn't do that. They said, sure, just make sure you're back in the boat by whatever time. There was one of them, we were on a tour and they were telling us some stuff about I can't remember what it was. But I remember I said to Rhonda, oh, I just, this is not my thing. And she goes, yeah, I'm not sure about it either. So we left their tour of whatever magnificent edifice there was. And we stumbled on a, uh, it was at the Jewish Centre, and there was an art gallery showing of Jewish art or something or other. Well, we paid our money and went to that, and we had the best time. Because nobody on a cruise Tells you what you can or you can't do. It's about your comfort. It's about your convenience, isn't it? Every day on the cruise I was on was a buffet. <laughs> I don't eat a whole big breakfast, but man, this thing was like serious. It was miles of food. And then the lunch was a buffet. You know, yeah, good thing there's a jogging track somewhere or other. There was up on the top deck because you're going to need that uh, it was all about that. On the one we were on, Rhonda had somehow rather snagged this special deal. We had a butler. We'd hang our clothes up on the outside of the door handle. And then while we were out, they'd come back pressed. You could put your shoes, if you wanted them polished, outside the door. I mean, hello. I've hung some of my shirts out on the door handle at home. The problem was the butler never came home. You want to hear something funny? One of our waiters, my wife's name is Rhonda and this will only work for those in Australia. But one of the, I got a photo of her with one of the waiters because his name was Kutut. <laughs> Rhonda and Kutut. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Some of you going, yeah, some of you going. Come and ask me later. I just don't even bother. Just type in Google Ronda and Katut. You'll get it. See, it's all about your comfort and your convenience because the reality is on a cruise ship, you're in charge. On a battleship, however, none of that applies. You go where you are told. You're equipped and you're trained for battle. There are drills on a battleship. There are things you've got to do on a battleship, like the mopping of the decks. You know, on the cruise ship, no one ever asked me to clean. They ever said, look, while you're here and you've got an afternoon off, would you mind just going up and swabbing the deck? On a battleship, there'll be jobs for you to do. And the reality is that on any battleship, there's a captain, there's a commander in chief, and his orders are to be obeyed. You know, in the 21st century, So many of us are hoping for a church that looks like this because this one over here, maybe the captain will tell us to do something we're not ready for. Maybe the captain will ask us to do something that wouldn't be our choice. We run the the course, Pastor Bruce has been speaking about this morning, the course called Shape, helping you find your God shape. And I love it and, and I support it a million percent, think it's great. However, can I say this to you? Don't think that that's the only place that God may use you. Because he might just say, you know what, today I want you to do this. Stephen and Philip were both ushers in the church. and When a persecution arose, both of them began to find out that God had something different in store than what their God shaped. They'd both been helpers. They'd both been people who were good at serving others. Well, Philip goes down to Samaria And an entire city comes to Christ because all of a sudden the usher finds out that there's an anointing of the Holy Spirit for him to do something that he'd never done before. On a cruise ship, you choose. On a battleship, you go where the captain chooses. Let me read to you Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. It says a final word, a final word, a final word. In other words, this apostle writing this letter to the Ephesian church is saying, I've said all this other stuff, but let me give you something to really grip you. A final word, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Do you know on a cruise ship, you don't have to be strong for anything except the capacity to eat. (laughs) They'll drive you everywhere else. You know, the strongest thing I think I did when I was on that cruise was I had to get dressed up to go to a, a night of opera at a castle. And we had to, I was terrible. We had to walk from the coach up the stairs into the castle all by ourselves. <laughs> no one carried us. I'm going like, hello, what what is this? Economy class. <laughs> Verse 11, you got to hear this because I'm not sure how much this gets aired nowadays. Put on all of God's armour so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. Hello, I thought he was finished. Well, he's defeated, but he's not finished yet. And the Bible tells me that there is a need for me to stand firm. Against all the strategies of the devil, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against rulers, evil rulers, and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Watch this. Then after the battle, you'll still be standing firm. Not limping your way back, not sounding retreat, not hoping for a helicopter to get you out of there. But when the battle's finished, if you've done this right, when the battle's finished, you're still going to be standing. And in the Greek, it literally means this, standing ready to fight again. That's not the picture of someone who's wounded and broken. It's someone who's been through a fight, has won the battle and is saying, come on, bring me another enemy. That's what Ephesians is telling us about. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth, the body armour of God's righteousness, for shoes put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop or to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. Put on salvation as your helmet. Why? Because your mind is the biggest area of battle. So you need salvation. Hebrews says, be established in grace. Don't just have a light grip on it. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And above all else, He says, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. The good news is that the outcome of this battle has already been decided. If I take you back a couple of chapters to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 8 and it's it's uh, important that you understand the The timing of this, because before he gets to the battle, before he tells the church about evil, before he tells the church about assaults and conflict, about difficulties and challenges, he tells them in advance uh, in Ephesians 4, 8, therefore he says when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Before he tells you about the conflict, he says, listen, guys, understand this. Before you get to battles, know that all the things that will try and take your life captive, I captured. All the things that will try and take you down, I've already rounded them up. I've already conquered those things. I'm giving gifts to you. Why? Because there's a mopping up operation that's going on. The Bible says over and over again that He is Lord, and it literally means a supreme in authority, someone that's above us. It's the most commonly used title in all of Scripture for Jesus Christ. He is Lord. It's not a cute song. It means there isn't anything that He's not over. Everything that's around about. But there's still a battle. Not only about the rest of you here, can I just be this honest? I really want it to be like this. Walking together with fellowship sweet. Walk, walk in the light. Loving one another. Come on. Come on, Pastor Ray, come here with me man. Come on. I can't think of anybody just more I'd like to hold hands with right now than Pastor Ray. Look at this guy. He's a New South Welshman originally, and I forgive him for that because, because Jesus, come up here, brother. Come up here right here because... You know, oh, I love you with the love of the Lord. Yes, I love you with the love of the Lord. I can see in you the glory of my King. So I'll love you with the love of the Lord. Ah. (laughs) See, what I want is I want that. And God says, nah, it's this. I know you do it at home all the time. Yeah. I'm just getting him trained for you, Kate. Don't worry about it. Yeah. This afternoon, if you're wise. matter of fact, Kate, I'd like to give you this bucket mop. Matter of fact, Pastor Ray here, look, this is for you. Thank you. God bless you. Consider it a gift from the Lord to your ministry. Amen. Amen. I expect to see a video later this week of how that gift was used. (laughs) Brother, it's not your ability to give away your gift to someone else. I'm sorry. God gave you that gift. What am I saying today? I'm asking you and I'm encouraging, I'm urging you to not try and live your life there But to say, Lord, I'm going to sign up for here, it doesn't mean you go around looking all the time like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm ready, I'm ready, yeah. Because people like that just become combative and they end up fighting the wrong things. They end up fighting people. They end up criticizing people. And we've seen enough of that in our world in the last couple of years where Christians, I think, have mistaken fighting the real enemy that Ephesians 6 talks about, the wickedness and the powers. And instead, they've started fighting each other. And, and so we're not looking for that. What we're saying is, can you build your inner life? Will you let God equip you? Will you let God train you? They tell me that 416,809 Australian men and women volunteered in World War I. They enlisted. In World War II, it was one million Australian men and women and I read something just yesterday that I found so fascinating where it talks about God choosing us. But then the word for this is in 2 Timothy. He says, Timothy, endure hardness as a good soldier. And the word just means a warrior. But then a couple of verses later, he talks about uh, being a soldier and it's a different word. It means someone who's been chosen but enlisted. It's someone who said, I'm there for that. I want to pray for you today. Maybe you're going through battles and maybe you're going, oh God, I hate this battle. Oh God, get me out of here. The Lord's saying, come on now. I'm training you for something. I don't know about you, but I I go, oh God, I I want to win bigger battles. Amen. I don't want the biggest battle that I win in life to be getting a parking space. I I don't want the biggest battle I win in life to be, you know, I, I felt bad. Jesus made me feel better. Amen. There's too many big battles that need to be fought. Amen. Father, help us today in Jesus' name. Lord, many of us here in this place want to say to you today, God, um, I've been hoping for the cruise ship. You've got me on a battleship. and God, all I'm asking is, could I be a worthy soldier, worthy of the fight? You've trusted me with battles that need to be won. You've called me, Lord, as a part of your armed forces because there are victories waiting for us. And Father, I pray that you'll help each one of us in Jesus' name. Just while heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Some of you here in this place or online may never have given your heart to Jesus. I was thinking about this yesterday and about how, you know, if you're out in the ocean and you're drowning, no one comes out with a clipboard and asks you a whole lot of questions about your background, whether you're worth saving. They don't come out and ask about your fitness to be saved. The only thing that matters if you're out in the ocean and you're drowning is this, is there a Saviour? The Bible says this, we have someone Who is mighty to save. Come on, he's mighty to save you. There isn't a person listening to me today who can say before God, God, I I couldn't be saved. I'm not worth being saved. I don't deserve to be saved. Because there's a mighty Savior who says, I'm ready to save. I'm ready to save you. I'm waiting to save you. You've wondered how you got here or how you got with us online. And the Holy Spirit is saying right now to you, it's because I want to save you. If you're in the building and that's you, I'm gonna ask you to do something so simple and then I'll help you. If you're online, you can I'll explain to you in a minute how you can respond. But if you're in the building and you say, Jeff, I I want to accept the Savior today. I want to be saved. I won't embarrass you, I'll just help you. So all the heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up and then put it back down again so that I can see your hand? Because I just want to pray for you right where you are. I'm looking around, everybody else is praying. Up in the balcony, of course, I'm looking up there as well. Just wherever you are, if that's you, just slip it up, put it back down again. You're saying, Jeff, I want Jesus to come into my life. I want to know Him for myself. I can't see any hand yet. So if if, uh, you're raising it, just wave it around a little bit so I can see. I'd love to pray with you this morning. Over there, thank you. Yeah, great. If you're online with us, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And if you're in the building, I'll lead you in a prayer that invites Jesus to be Lord of your life. I'm going to pray it. Why don't you make it yours as I pray. Let this be what you're saying to God today. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me and wanting to save me. I'm accepting you today. You're going to be my captain. I'm gonna follow you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, I pray for all those people, whoever they are, and those online, and those that are online, the days that lie ahead. Thank you for each one of them, Lord. I pray, God, that they'll not just start the journey, but they'll grow with you phenomenally. Hungry for you. Amen. Amen. If you raised your hand, you can, if you're in the building. You could go to the Connect Hub if you'd like. Someone there, just say, I, I prayed the prayer. They'll know what to do. They'll help you. But maybe as well, you'd like to sign up for our, when I say sign up, that's 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 a bit too formal, really. We started this thing a couple of years back called Yes Text. Back when we started it, we didn't know that COVID would even occur or be a thing. We were ready. God was ready. He knew all about it. Part of what I was saying before about our investments in mission to people that are online. This happens almost every week. People will send in a yes, just a simple why Y-E-S. If you're in Australia, you send it to 0488 826 392. The number's up there for you on the screen. If you'd rather get our help via email or you're overseas, then you go to yes.metrochurch.org.au. If you're on the metrochurch.online platform, the Yes button is there for you to press and you can do that. Here's what we promise you. We promise you we'll help you. We'll send you a prayer and a Bible verse, different every day, if it's on one screen of your smartphone. We will send that to you every day for 30 days. You can opt out whenever you like. Here's what we also promise you, is we won't pester you. We don't take your data. We trust God with your life and with your salvation and with your growth. We'd love to help you, our team here. You can ask them questions if you want. And I know that that's just growing so strongly that uh, they're just getting busier and busier helping people. We love that in Jesus' name. Amen. So I pray today that you're going to go out of here and when you face your next obstacle, you're going to just say to yourself, Hello, Jeff, it's not a cruise ship. Jeff, it's a battleship. Let's win. Amen. Now Pastor Ray's going to be online to pray with people there. John and Trudy are just leaving. I see there you are there. Good on you, John and Trudy. They're ready to pray with people out in the prayer space. We created that just so there's privacy for you and there's a relaxed space. You can simply go there, not fight against the flow of people leaving the building as they go to the cafe or go to Kids Church or whatever they may be going to. I'm looking for you. Yeah, there you are. Are we going to sing Champion? Yes, we are. How cool. See, you didn't know I was going to preach about this. And I didn't know you were going to pick this song. But it fits, doesn't it? Yep. Come on, let's stand together and worship the Lord before we go today. Don't forget, tonight's online only. My story, I know it'll inspire you. I know it'll bless you. Keep praying this week. Asking the Holy Spirit, Lord, what do you want me to do for destiny? How do I be a part of what you're doing? In Jesus' name. Come on, thank you, team. Come on. Let's declare this. Jesus has given me When I open God bless you. Listen, uh, Pastor Bruce is going to be taking the shape course in a minute. You can go and be a part of that in the lounge. God bless you. I pray you'll have an amazing week. Hope we see you somewhere soon. God bless. And we're praying for you. Amen. God bless.